0: Hi everyone, and welcome to MIGS on the Mic, the official YAN podcast. AEGL's Young Alumni Network, or more endearingly called YAN, was created as a resource for recently graduated FMIGS fellows. Our goal is to address topics of interest that are pertinent
1: to those immediately out of fellowship to help them succeed, thrive, and enjoy attending life.
0: I'm Michelle Possas, and I'm the FMIGS Class of 2017 representative. And
1: I'm Tracy Ito, I'm the FMIGS class of 2018 rep, and Jeff Wu is joining us as our tech support for publishing and hosting and editing. Dr. Jessica Shepard is a women's health expert, minimally invasive surgeon, and the founder of Her Viewpoint. Dr. Shepard completed her MIGS fellowship at the University of Louisville, where she concurrently earned her MBA. She now practices in Dallas, Texas. Dr. Shepard has a presence on several social media platforms, including Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. She's a well-known social media personality that is regularly seen on Good Morning America, The Today Show, The Talk, Dr. Oz, Steve Harvey, and CBS News. I could certainly go on and on describing all her accomplishments, but today we wanted to spotlight her journey with social media. Dr. Shepard, thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Absolutely. Of course, I would join, especially with you asking, you know, being from University of Louisville. Um, you know, I, I just want to highlight uh, a great place to train, as you know, and um, I'm delighted to be here.
1: Thank you so much. So I think Michelle's going to kick it off with some questions today.
0: A lot of people use social media as a means of staying connected with family and friends. But nowadays many of us are venturing into various social media platforms for professional reasons which can often be daunting and pretty confusing i asked dr shepherd what inspired her to get involved with social media and how she got started here's what she had to say
2: yeah absolutely i think you know some of the uh, fears that you just mentioned are things that myself Um, I had starting, I started actually in my social media journey in 2012. So I had been at a fellowship for a year and had moved up to Chicago and was the director of minimally invasive surgery, gynecologic surgery at the university of Illinois. Now, as I just entered that space is really where I started that passion for getting women's health more recognized so in that journey i realized okay i want to start something on facebook and that's where her viewpoint was born and it was that online forum where people could get really good information that was evidence-based but not uh, intimidating um and from there i actually used a company in louisville kentucky who was a social media company and they I just kind of told them what I, what my desires and passions were. And they said, you need to get into social media, like on all platforms. And I was, um, very scared. I was like, I'm not doing that. You know, I'm a physician. We don't do social media. Cause that was back in the day where people just don't do social media from a physician standpoint. And I remember them asking me specifically, you have this forum, you have this platform, what do you want to do? What do you want to accomplish? And I said, well, I want to reach women and they said, well, what person out there, if you could pick one person or, you know, who you want to be like, I said, I want to be reputable like Sanjay Gupta, but I want to be, have that relatability, I guess you could say like Oprah. And they said, well, Sanjay Gupta is on Twitter. And I was like, well, I guess I'm getting Twitter. And that was it. And, and from there, they actually helped me establish all my accounts on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and they taught me all those different platforms, who they reach, how they reach, and how they engage. And so I had, it was like a different language, and I had to learn all different platforms, and that's how that started.
0: With so many different social media platforms available, I asked Dr. Shepard which platform she preferred and why.
2: That's a great question. So I probably use Instagram the most because I find that's the most popular right now. Does it mean that the other platforms are not good? No. So Facebook, because that was my first thing that I did, you know, has 10,000 followers on her viewpoint, but my audience is completely different. So I'm not very um, showboaty uh, on Facebook. It's, I know my audience, they establish themselves. That was the one thing that I realized is, the people who want the information that you're giving will come to you and they'll tell you what they want. So I would say on fe- uh, on Facebook, my Herb Point community is much more conservative. They're in between the age of 35 to 55. Now going to Instagram, that's my younger crowd. Um, they're the people who wanna see something very flashy and polished and that's Instagram. And so I have to know who Um, my followers are there. So it really differs. I would say Instagram, I see the best engagement when you are saying, oh, I want to see what people think about this or what information is appealing to them. Facebook is very, they take the information, they're grateful for it and they they use it, but they may not engage with you like, oh, that was great info or I'm going to share this elsewhere. They just put like, use the information, and actually use it in a different way. Twitter, by the way, I'm just angry on Twitter. So I probably tell people <laughs> every time, and that's that's the platform of Twitter. It's basically, you know, if you're in a uh, schoolyard and you're in a fight, right, and you're talking about like kind of like your mama jokes, <laughs> that's Twitter. <laughs> so if you follow me on Twitter, you'll see a completely different tone, and it, you have to be sassy, you have to be quick, You have to be like, if someone says something to you, you got to like go back at them real hard. Uh, But Twitter is actually a really good platform to get very relevant information that is like up to date and quick. Like if you want to know who said this about this right then, go to Twitter.
0: While Dr. Shepard is a mixed trained specialist, she created Her Viewpoint, an online community forum that addresses all aspects of women's health, even the obstetrics part. Here, she speaks about how she uses different social media platforms to appeal to women encountering different women's health issues. She also speaks about how her social media presence has affected her practice.
2: Absolutely. I think um, if you were to pinpoint the type of patient that social media has helped me with in my career or my practice would be what type of surgery I do. So the appeal to social media for my practice is fibroids and endometriosis. So when I think of social media and patient interaction, that is a different type of um, outreach, if you want to call it that's also advertising. It's Here I am a physician, I'm a expert in this disease condition or state, and that's really what can help. So what I've noticed is when I work with either organizations, companies, Um, or people who are focused on a disease condition, namely fibroids and endometriosis for me, the interaction that I get with those patients is one, priceless, and two, you're distributing information that is really important for them. But three, what I find is their network is so rich. So a lot of people will say, oh, my girlfriend has uh, fibroids, but she, she lives in Dallas. So they'll refer them to me, literally because they saw me on an interview or an article where I was quoted. So many patients I've had, Oh, I saw you, I did a podcast actually. And I was in LA and it was a live podcast. And what happened was when I got back, I probably got about 20 patients from that podcast because they're like, we, we heard, we listened to the podcast and we heard that you were located in Dallas. And I was like, Oh my gosh. So it really is, um, one, you get to interact with patients from a a virtual standpoint, and then you get these new patients because they refer people to you.
0: Many providers have incorporated social media in their practice. In Dr. Shepard's case, she took social media to the next level by developing her brand. In this segment, Dr. Shepard gives us some insight into how she did just that.
2: So one of the things about brand development is that you have to know what you're trying to convey. Um, what type of personality you want people to know you for or what you want them to know you for doing. Um, so part of that brand development is was different initially than who I'm trying to reach. So I would definitely say I needed a lot of help with that. And the one thing is that it doesn't come overnight. So many people that I've spoken to who ask me those same questions is that you have to understand, I started this in 2012. And so I had to stay consistent and consistent to the process because initially it seems as if nothing's going to happen, right? And then the more consistent you are, you see a year, year and a half out is finally when you start to see that pickup. But within that year and a half if you can imagine, that's like, you're like, oh, no one really liked my post. That's awesome. <laughs> so I mean, if you look at some of my, my early posts, I remember one day I posted something. This is so funny now that I think about it. I was like, I want to talk to people about healthy eating. So I posted me eating like some vegetables and like not one person liked it. And I was like, well, <laughs> that didn't resonate well. So I had to, you have to have like tough skin and be objective and say, okay, well, that just didn't resonate. <laughs> no one was interested in that. So I'm going to find something else that people are interested in. Um, and so it's built, it's a building part. And then also through that journey, you figure out who you are, because there are some things that you may put out there and you're like, oh, I would be really good at this. And then you find over time, you're like, I'm not really good at this. And so you have to be ch- being willing to change and structure and be flexible. Not
0: everyone is able to make the jump from being your average social media user to becoming an influencer. Let's listen to how Dr. Shepard made this transition.
2: So I I think really that transition came with, again, with the information and the experiences that it collected over time, how I put that out there. And I think that's that fine line that we have as physicians, because we're traditionally a very conservative profession. Um, the fact that we would go out and say, Oh, look what I did today. I operated on someone. I'm so cool. Right. It's so you don't want to give that off as, you know, you're being braggadocious, but you have to translate that into a way that you're using power to your message and saying, this is what I do. And I'm doing this to help people, or this is what I do. And this is something that you might need. And this is where you can get really good information from. So again, it's that messaging that you have and that strength in your brand to make sure that you're not coming off as someone. Because there are a lot of people. So if you look at the a good um, discipline to look at that they have to be a little bit different than how we would portray ourselves, say, as gynecologists, is plastic surgery, right? Because people who are going for plastic surgery want that flash. And they want their you know plastic surgeon to be like, I'm the best. I'm going to make you look the best. And I've done a celebrity. That's different, right? We're usually going to be in somewhere that's portraying, I'm here to help. And I know you're going through this really bad problem with bleeding, with pain, with whatever it is. And I want to help that process. Or here's a procedure that you may never have heard of That's going to help you. So I find that it's a different patient population, and you have to know your patient population, basically knowing your audience. Follow Dr. Shepard on
1: Instagram or at JustShepardMD. You can always see her traveling to host or take part in several events. I was curious to know how she balances social media presence with her clinical practice. She confessed to us that sometimes it really isn't easy.
2: That is probably the hardest thing of doing all of this is balancing all of that because social media really can be a beast as far as time consumed, Um, keeping up with what has changed, whether that's the algorithm, you know, Facebook and Instagram change their algorithm quite readily. And sometimes you're not your posts are not being distributed or being seen uh, by people who would be an audience for you. So what I found is staying current. And so if that means you have a few people in your circle who most likely will be outside of medicine because their focus and expertise is in social media, digital branding, et cetera, can kind of keep you up to date so that you can shoot a question over to them and be like, hey, what's the deal with this? Or has this changed? Or I noticed now my posts, I've seen a decrease in maybe responsiveness The other thing that's important is to see when you should post, right? So knowing the tools that can help you post at different times when your engagement is the highest and your audience is really watching is important. Um, but a lot of time that requires me to be getting posts ready in the middle of the night, um, or very late, or for example, when you're, In the bathroom, right? (laughs) Those are great times to get some stuff done. (laughs) So I think it's, it's timing and knowing that every day you're not going to, the word balance really is, can be off-putting because not in a bad way, you're trying to achieve kind of this juggle, but some days, uh, social media is just not going to get attention. Um, and some days, you know, I'd be like, oh, well, I didn't get really good mommy points today. I look like a horrible mom. So all of those days you just have to take into account are going to happen and that the next day you can just pick up again. Because I've had social media breaks on Instagram where I haven't posted maybe for five days. And that's because organically I was like, I don't really have anything to say. Um, And so that's important. But it's also important to recognize what is there that you can maximize. So knowing certain months and organizations and awareness months are important. Because that's, again, resonating and staying true to your brand and what, where you are in women's health and what you're trying to push out to your followers, also known as your consumers and your clients, right?
1: As this is a podcast for the young alumni of AAGL, Dr. Shepard had some tips on how to incorporate social media as a newly graduated fellow heading into practice.
2: I would say two things that I would start out with. One, start with just one platform. So don't be the expert of everything. And then you're the expert of nothing, right? The point is to be really good at it. So if that's Twitter, do Twitter. If it's Facebook, do Facebook and give yourself that timeline in which you're going to grow, figure it out, know your brand, and then move on to another platform. The other thing that I would say about incorporating social media into your practice is we have to look more at our practices as a business right because we need patients to come to us for our services the one thing that I will say about minimally invasive trained gynecologists is I think we need to be much more out there and being like this is what we do because we are really good at it and I will definitely say, even now, what, 10 years out, is that I still go into operating rooms where I see other people operate. And I'm like, I am so grateful for that time I took to learn this extra skill because we're really good. And so, again, it's being confident in that and knowing that we actually have a really good skill set. And a lot of patients still don't know that minimally invasive surgeons took the time to learn their art and are really good at it. And so that's not to say that, you know, other gynecologic surgeons who didn't do a fellowship are not as good. But when you look at what we do, how we do it, the skill set and the expertise that we have, we should be very proud of that. And that's something that we should convey um, in our, our messaging. And that messaging is obviously going to be distributed through social media.
1: Dr. Shepard even explained that she feels that social media is a necessity for a new provider, given its prevalence in our world today.
2: I definitely say that social media is a necessity. Now, when I say that, I say that with as a caveat that you don't have to be insta-famous. You don't have to have a verified check in order to say that I am definitely using this to the best of my ability. There are are varying um, degrees of how you can institute social media into your practice. Um, I would say definitely because I took the media route, that's probably why my social media following is as high as it is. But I don't necessarily think that makes me any better than my minimally invasive colleagues right it's just a different avenue that I took within social media that got me to where I was in that field the other thing is that it's almost as if it's free advertising right and so going back to what I said about our practices are our business and the only way that people are going to know about what we do what we offer who we are is advertising
1: being an influencer isn't all glamour Criticism is naturally part of the process.
2: I've had criticisms in different forms. I've had criticisms within, I guess you could say, our circle, being the academic uh, field. I've had criticisms, I would say more so, come from outsiders.
1: used her interactions with her anti-vaxxers group to highlight how you really have to have tough skin.
2: I really have to watch myself when I get those attacks because I do understand their basis of where they're coming from. And they're very focal. They have one job and one job only. And so if I get like caught up in their attacks, it ta- it literally takes days. I mean, one day I had to block, I think, 62 accounts in one day because of anti-vaxxers. And, you know, they would. it got to a point where they were saying things about like my kids and, you know, they, they dig deep. Uh, but you have to really be that bigger person you you really have to dig deep and um uh for lack of a better term ignore them and um stay true again in your you know and those are you know what i take it as a time to be objective and stand back and say introspectively am i being true to my art my profession and the message that i'm um putting out and if it is then i'm fine
1: Shepard didn't get her following on social media overnight. She gave us the insight that you really can't pick your target audience.
2: Definitely say I had no clue what I was doing when I started, um, which is why I asked the company to help me because I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing. I just know how to do laparoscopic myomectomy and that's what I know how to do. (laughs) So I think that initially, as we put information out, that's where I really figured out People wanted to hear who was really interested in what I wanted to hear, and your audience will come to you, right? And so you build on that. The people that are attracted to you as a um, as a consumer, then you want to say, okay, well then i have I have a product that I'm here to share with you and to give you, and that's that's the beauty of individuality and who we are as a brand is that you will all everyone will have their audience so you have to pay attention to it because many times people will say i want this type of follower or this type of audience but they may not want you right and so that's a mismatch and if you're not open to the process of this is who's listening to me you could completely miss an entire audience process that started
1: in 2012 for Dr. Shepard wasn't always smooth sailing.
2: I was very intentional with this process. Um, so the mistakes that I made, the bad experiences that I went through, I think were all very beneficial to me where getting where I am now.
1: Thank you so much, Dr. Shepard, for taking the time to sit here and share this personal journey of yours with us we
2: really appreciate having you thank you for having me again like i said this is like my base of who i am and what i do so i love being a part of this and hope that everyone who's listening loves it and uh, that we can find a way to keep communicating sounds great thank you thank you so much